Welcome to Latte with a Lawyer, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the stories of some of America's most successful lawyers, figuring out what makes them tick, how they creatively solve problems, and how others aspiring to be them can follow in their footsteps. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Latte with a Lawyer. I'm your host, Jonathan Brickman. And this afternoon, almost evening, we got Jason Newfeld, and this is his law firm, Elder Needs Law. Ha- nice to have you, Jason. Jonathan, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. We're going to have some fun here. So I know it's late in the day, but uh, just to keep with the theme, Latte with a Lawyer, how do you get the day started? What's your beverage of choice? Uh, it's almost always water with lemon. And then I add in, um, I've started adding apple cider vinegar and I don't know, you know, I, I listen to these health podcasts and yeah. they say, that's what you're supposed to do. So I'm giving it a go and I like it. I like it. It's, it's working well. And then about 90 minutes after I wake up, cause they also, uh, I'm a sucker for these health podcasts is when I have my first cup of coffee. All right, good. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it, you know, I learn a lot by asking that question because it's all over the board the way. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I anyway, so you're concerned about your health, which is a good thing. Yes, 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 we, yes. We want to maximize the uh, viability of our vessels yeah. here, right? I'm looking to feel good throughout the day. And so whatever I can do to, you know, that's natural and not, you know, uh, something that I'm going to get addicted to. That's what I'm looking to do. Got it. And Great segue, because I know your area of law is elder law, so you're trying yeah. to keep everybody else healthy, too. That's so, right. So tell us about your practice. Yeah, thanks. So so Elder Needs Law is uh, an elder law firm, and I often get the question, well, well, that's nice, but what's elder law? Because uh, even when I'm in a group of lawyers, they're not always sure what that means. Elder law really is an umbrella term for multiple areas of law. There there are some areas of law that people have undoubtedly heard of, like estate planning, right? Your wills, your trusts, how do we get assets to your heirs in the most efficient way possible? Um, Probate, right? If you don't plan properly, you have to go to court. And so we can also help people navigate that court process. Um, And then it's what I do that's a little bit different that a lot of people don't know much about is what's called Medicaid planning. And the idea behind Medicaid planning is as we get older, uh, it becomes more likely that we'll need long-term care, whether it's care at home or care in a facility. And these things are very, very expensive. And the question is, who's going to pay for that? And there aren't a lot of good options. Medicare is not one of them, right? People think I have a really good Medicare supplement and uh, this is going to, you know, cover all my needs. And the harsh reality is that's not true. So then you're either privately paying or you're applying for some kind of government benefit. And so we help protect people's assets so they can qualify for these government benefits. Ah, I see. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Okay. So that's on your own. So is that different than uh, long-term care or is it? So so long-term care is a wonderful way to pay for these things. So I tell people all the time, especially, you know, most of my clients are going to be in their, um, you know, late seventies, eighties or nineties. And what I'm often doing is I'm looking at their adult children and I'm saying, Hey, you know, Medicaid is great. Medicaid pays for a lot of things, but I don't know what Medicaid is going to be like in 20 years from now or 30 years from now. If you can privately pay for long-term care insurance, that is the best because that's just, cash. That's that's just money and that's just essentially money in the bank. So yeah, if you can uh, 
privately afford to pay for long-term care insurance, that is wonderful. But people find that to be very expensive because it yeah. is very expensive. And when you need it, right, if you're looking to apply for it when you need it, you won't qualify for it, right, because you won't pass underwriting. So long-term care insurance is, this is like government-funded long-term care insurance, essentially. I see. Okay, interesting. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, we were chatting a little bit before we got on here, but I mean, you didn't start in this, so take me along that path. Like, Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, st I started out as a as a personal injury attorney, plaintiff's personal injury attorney, representing people in in car accidents and slip and falls, and some some complex medical malpractice and products liability cases. And I started representing. Uh, I found myself, for whatever reason, in my firm, representing more of our elderly clients. I just found myself being really interested in how there's some differences when you're working with the elderly, if they have Medicare and how you handle that. And it was through personal injury, actually, that I got interested in Medicaid planning. Um, and I, I found myself gravitating more towards the Medicaid, more towards the planning side away from the litigation side. And finally, essentially, uh, my partners and I agreed that if I'm going to continue building this elder law Medicaid planning practice, I ought to do it under a separate banner. And so thus elder needs law was born. Got it. Got it. Got it. And what was it about that, that attracted you? You wanted to make that switch. You know, it was, you know, remember, I, I was, I told you that uh, many lawyers don't know that Medicaid planning even exists. And yeah. I was one of those lawyers. I didn't, I, I so in, in a personal injury context, if I represent someone who is on Medicaid, what I knew to be true was you had to refer them to an elder law attorney, because if you get this big settlement in or a big, huge verdict, you'll jeopardize their government benefits. But what I didn't know, what the kind of the big secret was, was it could work in reverse, right? You could work with someone who ha is worth a, a 200, 300, half a million dollars or, or even more. And you could start off with someone who doesn't qualify for Medicaid and there are legal and ethical ways of protecting their assets to get them qualified for Medicaid. And when I learned that, uh, I just thought that was the coolest thing, and there are not a lot of attorneys doing it. And I just kind of started going to the conferences and reading the books, and uh, and here we are. I, th I just fell in love with it. Yeah, because I thought Medicaid was for um, I don't know what the right term is, but lower income. Let's say yeah, yeah we correct. Right, indigent. That's exactly right. So that's the that's the big that's the big. Um, the answer is that is 100% true. It's for people who have less than a certain amount of money, usually right. it's $2,000, and they earn less than a certain amount of income. That number changes every year. This year for the long-term care Medicaid programs, that number is $2,742, meaning if you receive more than that from Social Security, from your pension, from however else you, you receive money, you don't qualify for Medicaid. Well, that's almost everybody. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So people go, Jason, I'm, you know, I'm not a Rockefeller, but I have more than $2,000 on my bank account. So what are we even talking about here? Sure. And that's what gets me so excited because, you know, I, what I tell people is if you are indigent, you may naturally qualify for these programs. If you're wealthy, you can afford to privately pay for your long-term care. And it's everyone in the middle who's getting the short end of the stick, right? It's the working class, the middle class, even some upper middle class folks who 
um, who too often are spending every red cent before they qualify for Medicaid and they don't have to. They can come to an attorney like me, again, legally and ethically using the law to their favor to protect what they have and still get them access to Medicaid. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we're not going to make this discussion all about Medicaid, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know the, how you sort of navigate all that. That's a, yeah. you probably made a lot of friends, I'm sure. Yes. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, um, it's, it, I become a resource for a lot of different people, you know, a lot of financial advisors, a lot of other attorneys who yeah. don't know how this works. You know what, you know what I tell people? It's like, um, you know, if you had, $20 million, you would be going to a tax attorney and say, hey, how can I legally and ethically pay as little sure. taxes as possible, right? And I'm doing the same thing. I'm just doing it for, uh, you know, typically middle-class folks, right? And saying, here, we have this amount of money. What rules can I follow to protect what I have and still get access to these, you know, really valuable government benefits. Right. Naturally. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. I, I can see why you, you're a popular guy. So good, <laughs> good for you. And there aren't many attorneys that are in this right. niche. Correct. I mean, it's, a, I mean, it, there are a lot of people, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I don't know, I should say this out loud, but I, I, there are a lot of people who call themselves elder law attorneys and they refer the business to my firm and we, we, we kind of just do it on the back end. So it's, uh, there are people who say they do it, but, uh, very few of us um, really focus on it, keep up with the law. You know, if I took to brag for for a second, I am on the board of directors of the Academy of Florida Elder Law Attorneys, meaning I, I go to these conferences and I learn at these conferences, but I also teach other attorneys too. So okay. I'm an instructor and a student when I go to these conferences. I've written a book about this stuff. So, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that we are at the forefront of Medicaid planning. And by the way, we do plenty of estate planning as well. We work with people who of all ages who just want to, you know, they want to make sure they can avoid probate and have a good power of attorney and empower the right people to make decisions for them if they become unable to do so. So it's really planning through all aspects of people's lives. Excellent. Very good. So how, I mean, where are you from? Are you from South Florida? Is that where you're Yeah, born, born and raised in North Miami Beach and uh, uh, just went away to, to Atlanta for college and came right back down to Miami for a law school and business school. So Where did you go to Emory? You go I to went Emory? to Emory. Yeah, I yeah. went to Emory undergrad, yeah. That's and then came back down, went to University of Miami for law school. University of Miami. Okay, very mm -hmm. good. Yeah. But your parents must have come here through New York. You got it. They came here through New York. They actually, they, my father is an attorney as well, who went to University of Miami, and my mother went to University of Miami as an undergraduate student, and that's where they met. So they're two New Yorkers, came down to Miami, met at school, and said, why are we going back to the cold? Let's just stay down here. Exactly. I can still hear the New York accent. <laughs> I, get, I get that all the time. I get that all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I, as you know, I mean, South Florida, I'm from Boston. I mean, there's nothing Southern about South Florida. That's right. That's right. right. You got to go north to head south. <laughs> yeah, it makes me laugh, but it, it is very true. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was on the phone with an attorney a couple of weeks ago who, with like a real southern accent. I said, "Man, you really are from the south." And I, you know, up in north of Orlando, it's like he said, "Yeah, you know, it it was the south at one point." He said, "You know, I come down where you are. It's like it's a totally different world." Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so you, your dad's an attorney. Okay, very good. Yeah. When did you, is that, was that your influence to become an attorney? 
For sure. It's almost like I, I've, a, um, I've always admired my father. He's just always been honorable, intelligent, and just, you know, he's always led me down the right path. He's, he's always been my mentor. He still is my mentor. And I'm blessed that um, we got to work together for so long and we still work together in some capacities. So it's really, it's really, really nice. And it's kind of like growing up, it, you know, I didn't know what else to do. Like I wasn't, going to be an accountant. I wasn't, I wasn't good at organic chemistry. So a doctor was out of the question. So law was, I was on the debate team in high school. So law kind of uh, always seemed to be my path. I never really thought about doing much of anything else. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I get it. It's yeah. a, it's, it's a noble profession. So good for you. you. Any other siblings or anyone else in the family attorneys besides your dad? Uh, yeah, we have lots of attorneys. My, I have a, I have a brother and a sister. My brother is not an attorney, but my sister is. Okay. My wife is an attorney. Okay. Her father's an attorney. My sister-in-law is an attorney. My <laughs> uncles are attorneys. I mean, we've got attorney. We are very well protected legally. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. And, and all different types of law, or like. Uh, yeah. Tax law, real estate law, uh, transactional law, banking law, personal injury law, uh, land use law. We got. We really run the gambit oh that's great that's true yeah yeah it's interesting excellent, excellent. so g- give me uh just for the like give me an example of like a really interesting case that you've worked on one that you can talk about anyway yeah yeah sure so um i i've got i've got what i call my sad story um which is you know with with medicaid planning specifically as a subset of elder needs law, there is a lot of misinformation. That's why I am regularly adding content to my YouTube channel. I write a lot of articles. That's why I wrote the book. It really is um, to try to set the record straight and clear up a lot of misinformation out there. So I I, I say that as a preface because this, uh, I was contacted by a woman named Helen. And I, of course, won't give her last name. Sure. And uh, I was really actually contacted by Helen's sister, who was her power of attorney. And Helen was in her 70s. And her sister was basically saying to me, um, almost crying, um, we are calling you out of desperation. Um, I've sold Helen's house. We are down to her last six or seven thousand dollars, and that money's going quick because Helen needs to be in a facility, and we don't have enough money to cover the cost of the facility. And I was so that that really saddened me. I, I, I said, "Why did you you why did you sell the house?" Mm. And she goes, "Well, we needed the money to pay for the care." I said, uh, "I said, but why have you heard of Medicaid?" She goes, "Yeah, that's why I'm calling you, but I didn't." you know, the house is worth, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars and we didn't have five years to wait in order to do any of this stuff. So, so I figured I had to get that done now. I said, that's not, none of that is accurate. Meaning yes, you can only have a limited amount of assets, but not all assets are countable. Meaning Medicaid doesn't consider everything when determining whether or not you're eligible. And one thing they specifically exclude is your homestead, your primary residence. So you didn't have to sell your house. I said in the five-year rule, anyone who has kind of heard maybe a rumor about Medicaid 
planning and qualifying for Medicaid knows that for some reason, five years is important, but they don't always understand why. Mm. So the assumption, the erroneous assumption often is that you cannot move money around within five years or you won't be eligible for Medicaid. Um, the real rule is you cannot give money away within five years of applying for Medicaid. So people come to me and they don't have five years to wait. They need Medicaid like right now or yeah. in, the ver in, the, in the very near future. And so everything that I do is designed to avoid triggering that five-year look-back period, meaning we're never just giving money away. You're not allowed to do that. That for sure is true. You're not allowed to give money away within five years of applying, but there's still ways of moving the money around in a way that is not considered to be a gift. And because it's not a gift, you can do it and it's okay with Medicaid. And I don't, and, and I also like tell people, I don't hide anything from the government, right? I have this bar card that I want to keep. I enjoy practicing law. I'm not interested in, you know, committing fraud or anything like that. So I tell people, you know, here's my client who started off with owning their home and a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank, typically. Um, uh, here's what we did with the money and, and why still under state and federal law, none of that, none of what we did is a gift and you still have to give my client access to these benefits. So, so when Helen's sister was telling me that, you know, they didn't want to do anything within five years and they had to sell the house to privately pay for care. I was, you know, just so sad because I said, you didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. You could have come to me much, much sooner. We could have saved the house. And, um, uh, you know, she, of course, didn't like hearing that. And I, I said, listen, I, I do, I take a certain number of cases pro bono on every year. So I, I did, I did do that one for pro bono. Which I felt so, so bad for Helen. We helped her, you know, protect the seven grand or so that she had in her name and, and get her, get her onto Medicaid. And um, that was, you know, my sad story. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. so, so we hear that a lot. We hear that a lot. Um, uh, not a lot, but it's, 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 too, too often people don't, you know, they hear, they Google around or they talk to their neighbor and there's a lot of bad information out there when it comes to Medicaid and, and, and Medicaid planning and kind of how the program works. So. Hmm. Well, listen, you're a valuable resource. I mean, the, the, yeah, the key is you got to catch people before it's too late, I suppose. Right. Yeah. That's why I do things like this. Right. You know, I'm yeah. always looking to, to do podcasts and, and YouTube videos and, you know, I'm a guest speaker at caregiver support groups and things like that, because I want people to know that there are ways to get help paying for what you need, getting help paid for. And I, that's the education that I'm trying to bring to, to the state of Florida. Got it. And I would imagine the state of Florida, just because of the population, you probably see more of this than other places. Yeah, I mean, I'm only licensed in Florida, so I can only I only help people who need help in Florida. But we really do cover the full state. We actually just opened. You know, I'm lo I'm personally located in South Florida, but I have another yeah. attorney who works for me who's located in Pensacola. So we all okay. we opened up a Pensacola office. But you know, through the magic of Zoom and email, I mean, we truly do have a very robust statewide practice where we represent people throughout the entire state. Okay, very good. Mm -hmm. Um. And then I guess I would last, I would ask you, so um, for this type of law, what do you think the skill set is versus like personal injury or other, or being a litigator? Like what, what do you need to be good yeah, at? Yeah. Yeah. You know, being a litigator, of course, is more fighting 
to the death, right? Uh, being a doing Medicaid planning and estate planning is being someone who enjoys a good puzzle. Um, because there's no one size fits all solution. And so when we have our, we have our consultations with our clients, we have a pretty detailed intake form because Medicaid doesn't treat all assets alike. We need to know how things are positioned and then we can think intelligently about what we're going to suggest to, um, protect those assets. And everything I do, I always say has pros and cons. I do not, again, there's not like one special needs trust that we can put all the money into and that would be the end of it. Um, or I should say if there are attorneys who do that and I call that lazy Medicaid planning, um, but with, with estate planning and Medicaid planning, it's a really about getting the client's feedback and adjusting strategies accordingly, because we can do a lot to maximize benefits and minimize you know, any drawbacks that go along with these strategies based on the client's feedback. So I, I always liken it to a really good puzzle um, when we, develop a, you know, a unique tailored solution for our, for our clients. Okay. Excellent. Very good. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, good. Listen, I, uh, you certainly enlightened me a little bit about this. Yes. A lot of nuance to it, I'm sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Good. Um, so just final thoughts that you want to leave with the, uh, the audience about the firm and uh, best way to connect to you. Yeah. So we have the, the, the if there are, uh, listening, the phone number that some people are seeing on the screen is 786-756-8169. That is to our central scheduling line. That's you, no matter where you are located in Florida. If you go to our website, elderneedslaw.com, uh, you can fill out a contact us form and we'll reach out to you. Uh, our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at elderneedslaw, where we, we post all of our videos. If you're interested in learning more, but don't want to talk to me, I have a book. It's on amazon.com. If you just search for, you know, Jason Newfeld Medicaid planning, it'll pop up. It's actually called how to get Medicaid to pay for some of all of some or all of your long-term care expenses. And, um, that's, uh, you know, just however, you know, however you want to connect with me, uh, we're happy. Or I, I'm answering questions all the time online, especially on the YouTube channel. So, uh, Facebook and all, all that stuff. So however you want to reach out to our firm, we're happy to connect with you. Oh, good. I'm glad you're leveraging technology. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Good. Well, listen, this is uh, sponsored by Emotion Track, which is a legal tech platform I mentioned. And we help litigators primarily prepare for trials and mediation through our uh, digital insights platform. Um, so everybody, uh, Jason Newfeld, Elder Needs Law. And uh, thank you. Appreciate the time this afternoon. Thank you, Jonathan. Oh, you bet.